Hi and welcome. You're listening to Nourish with Intention by Kosha Space and I'm your host Nikita Mehta. In each episode we explore inspiring conversations with wellness experts and souls driven by a deep sense of purpose. I'm so excited for you to tune in and find the tools to nourish both on and off your plates. In today's episode, I am joined by Shreya, the founder of Zama Organics. We talk about the desire we all have to eat flavors and foods that are exciting, and how good quality produce, seasonal, local, fresh ingredients can give us all of that. We also discuss why the story behind farmers, cultivators matters just as much as the produce itself. Let's hear her vision and her story with Zama. Shreya, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast and um, I have been a loyal consumer of Zama products for over two to three years now. So I love the philosophy of the brand and I'm really happy to be chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me, Nikita. I think this will be a really fun conversation. Yeah, excited. So since this podcast is called Nourish with Intention, I wanted to start by asking you, what does nourish with intention mean for you? So, um, you know, there there have been over the past how many of years that I've run Zama, I feel like my answer has evolved. I wouldn't say changed because I think that there is a layer that gets added to it um, every year or every interaction that I have with someone new that maybe enlightens me a bit more about what nourishment should actually mean. Uh, you know, for a period of time, it used to be eating really healthy, you know, not eating um, anything that is processed, not eating sugar at all. And there was a very extreme viewpoint on what nourishment is. But I think that's evolved into um, thinking about what will nourish me from inside, thinking about it positively. So looking at a fruit and or a seasonal fruit that is organically grown and understanding that that has nourishing values and enjoying it through the process, not eating it because I have to, but choosing better options for me, for my own body, for my own mind. Um, And at the end of the day, we're not doing this for, you know, short term look, uh, physical output. I'm trying to think about long term living, living for a very long time in a very healthy manner, uh, making sure I, I grow old but don't grow old, if you know what I mean. And that's, I think my goal has evolved as to what Mm -hmm. I want to be like as I age. And I know I'm like sitting here giving this lecture as a 30 year old, but I definitely feel better, more energetic, a lot more uh, active even mentally than I did 10 years ago, which is um, shocking to think about, right? And I think there are a lot of changes that I've made that have improved my life and I think nourishment is not just the food you eat it's also the way you you know interact with people that you love it's also what you read what you watch um, how much you move your physical body and I would expand it outside just food but eating and enjoying food is a very big part of nourishment Um, being on some strict diet and thinking, you know, you're doing something great, but not really enjoying your meals and getting up from the table is not nourishing your soul at the end of the day. So there has to be a 360 idea on what nourishment, at least what it means to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. And it's 
it's so nice because we really need to um i think encourage the perspective of looking at nourishment beyond just what is on our plates what we're putting yeah. everywhere into our body uh the thoughts the emotions and um i feel as long as we do it with intention and we do it with Correct. curiosity and awareness that's where the change actually happens and, and happiness i think it'll be it's really sad to not enjoy the plate of food that you're eating yeah. like i think that's the saddest thing you can do for your body yeah and even no matter what it is it should be something that you're looking forward to and that you create that sort of ritual and joy and routine around it yeah. so yeah i think that's so that's so nice to hear because um definitely something that we need a lot more of that kind of perspective and just to get into uh what was your back story with founding this brand what inspired you or were you always um you know inspired to work in this uh field well my zama journey was um rather interesting i came back i graduated from usc which was in la and i came back home and i was still figuring out what i wanted to do if i wanted to work somewhere i hadn't worked anywhere yet i'd interned but i hadn't had a full time job so whether i wanted to work somewhere whether i wanted to my dad's a jeweler figure something out there my sister and mom were running a catering company back in the day so maybe do something with them um but i was not a cook i did not know the ingredients in a kitchen i didn't understand those things but i think i understood quality i understood good food just because of the environment that uh, i had been privileged to be a part of and at the same time my sister was exploring a farm to table restaurant which today is mask mm-hmm. so i tagged oh. along with her to a few farms and that's how i got introduced to the entire concept um of what organic and i happened to go to organic farms i'm not even going to say you know we went with intention that was the intention was more to discover produce and i guess her kind of produce happened in areas like ladakh and kashmir and himachal uttarakhand places where organic farming was flourishing i don't mean with paperwork and such and such that's a separate ball game but where it's pristine the environment is pristine they're they're growing with the soil they're growing with the seasons and that's what i got to witness and the other thing that took me by surprise is the produce that i saw the quality of produce that i saw the quality of products that i saw the diversity of products that i saw and then i spent a long time traveling to different places and different farms across india and discovering and learning frankly i don't think um, i even knew what it meant to organically farm there are so many topics there are, there are conversations around biodynamic farming and there are topics around natural farming and yeah. the the essence of what i left with is that what is natural is meant to be and what is made in a factory and sprayed on the land is not meant to be and that's the basic distinction that i had in my mind uh, when i started zama but it actually it launched as a more of a b2b so there was no zama when we launched it was more of a b2b um, back end to figure out one the logistics of getting product from point a to point b because we were sourcing from so many different places and figuring out how to pick up volume so we naturally started working with restaurants first not with we didn't do home deliveries initially 
the brand only launched in 2000 like late of 2018 officially uh, for a couple of months before that we were taking whatsapp orders so mm. you'd order on zama you'd get your delivery like four days later if i remember correctly and uh, you'd have to pre-order it and then we'd have to order it with the farm and they would be kind enough to even send me things like 2 and 3 kilos of stuff um and that's how the process worked for a very long time yeah wow yeah that's so interesting yeah. to see like how you where you started and actually going to the farms and that's where you picked up on what it is that means natural for you and that means something you know that would be a healthy choice um and yeah i think now zama has yeah. evolved to where you're <laughs> delivering across india to different cities and i think i can get the order within a day so i'm in pune but i just need to place it a day prior and everything is yeah just so yeah. well done now already so bombay pune yes is quite quick um pan india is new very new and we're doing groceries pan india that takes that still takes about 5 to 6 days because we're couriering it at the moment from one mm-hmm. central point but as that grows i think we'll be able to set up um yeah. better logistics and what would you say is the foundation what would you say is the foundation behind the products that you decide to source and uh, supply to the consumers so is there one particular aspect you base it on which just has to be there in the produce you're getting so the theme that we follow is the kitchen so that's that, that's how we start hmm. everything that can fit in your kitchen when you're looking for better options and better alternatives that's the process that we started out with the next process is actually seeing what our growers are growing or what our producers are making so yeah. we're not thinking we're not you know we're not trying to make a product that nobody has used or seen before but mm. that's not the goal at zama we're yeah. trying to say that you know use this salt or replace this with your refined sugar or <clears throat> yeah here's a healthier ketchup whatever we're doing we're trying to make your everyday life better and yeah a lot of life is spent eating whether you're cooking or eating or like i mean that's your that's your especially physical in nourishment right? there's such a food culture and there's especially yeah. in india yeah Correct. So that's one of the processes, um, mm. and then when it comes to actually selecting our product, we're very careful about the producers that we work with. Their process to me matters a lot more than just paperwork. Um, tomorrow, if someone, you know, if I ask them like, "What is your process?" and they just send me documentation, that to me is actually sometimes a red flag. Mm. I don't want your documentation. I want to know what your process is. i want to know what you're growing i want to know why you're growing what you're growing um how long have you been doing it for and then it it matters i'm not saying paperwork work doesn't matter a lot of our products most of our products are certified organic which means that there is a traceability certificate and things that are in place for that but we also work with small scale farmers we also work with small scale producers that don't have the resources or the capacity or see value in doing that process but that doesn't mean we don't take a good product from them we definitely do and uh we have our own checks and processes in place we have an in-house lab at zama a lot of things get pesticide checked frequently 
uh, even the ones that come with certifications. And overall, I think the word that we look for is authenticity. Like how authentic is this product? Is it grown the way it's supposed to be grown or is it made the way it's supposed to be made? And uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a very, a very short and sweet answer of what our sourcing uh, yeah. means to us. Yeah, and I think that's, that's really interesting because you make the accessibility and the convenience of it uh, come together. Because like you said, you're not only doing produce right now, you're also doing other kitchen pantry items. Yes. So how to switch it into a more convenient and a better option for you? As well as with the small farms and farmers, like you said, I, I think a lot of them would go unnoticed. A lot of the produce will go unnoticed and even, you know, rare local things. But um, yeah, with, with having a resource like Zama, I think you're able to bring that to consumers and, you know, get people more aware of that and also support a lot of local farmers that way and bring yeah. the actual beauty and of it. I guess it, it, it adds ex- excitement, right? When we find yeah. something, the first feeling is excitement. The first feeling is discovery. The first question is not, you know, where is the paperwork? So I think we've gone through a lot of that excitement and that adds to our happiness like why we run this company and uh, there is nothing on Zama that we've launched that I myself wouldn't eat and I think I've done a LinkedIn post about this as well saying that Zama exists first because I need Zama Um, I I needed these options everything that we've launched are things that I was looking for or that came out of something that I have said Uh, like even we did a honey gulkan because I was talking to somebody about how much I like paan and they said, but, you know, I said it has too much sugar and fragrance, etc. And they said, mm-hmm. and it was one of our farmers in Kashmir. And he said, oh, and he made it with honey and rose petals. And that's it. And that has replaced, you know, that that's why I launched it. And I launched it during Diwali through this weird conversation that I had. So a lot of it is actually a like a really fun discovery process. Now, Gulkand is not certified organic. This is honey, raw exactly. honey, and yeah. what, like pink rose petals. At no yeah. point am I, are we certifying organic uh, mm. this right. But it's a really good product. And if you compare it to basic Gulkand in the market, there is no comparison. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so innovative. And um, even I'm excited to try this because like you said, I do find a lot of them on the sweeter side and you know like yeah it just doesn't give you that refreshing part of the pan then because it becomes just yeah yeah and as a Gujarati a lot of my <laughs> things are around mukhwas and pan so uh, I think it's a really good um, yeah I think I'm definitely going to try it out for the family yeah. and for myself I mean that there are so many products I can think about that's one the ketchup is another one we've mm-hmm. just launched an imli chutney because that was you know we've we were talking about sauces and we were like, well, what happens if you want pani puri? You know, what will you do if you don't have an imli chutney that you can access that's made with really good product? So again, if you look at any of our formulations, we're not making products that are only healthy. We're trying to make it the healthiest version it can be without compromising on flavor because yeah. then nobody's going to eat it. Um, yeah. If I give you something that's supremely healthy but does not taste good, you're going to go back to eating store-bought shelf conventional ketchup. Yeah. Uh, and I understand that. I think it's human nature to enjoy what you're eating. 
exactly but if i give you something that is significantly better has no chemicals uh, no preservatives has you know very calculated amounts of sugar uh, which mm. is clean and not refined and is made using fresh ingredients which is the hallmark of all our products because that's why also the flavor changes batch to batch not significantly but yeah. every tomato is not the same every yeah. harvest is not the same and the color changes and these are things that imply that it's not factory made yeah. that it is made in small batches it is made with fresh things and that is very important yeah yeah because but yeah uh, the kitchen is is our focus and that's that's um, it it resonates with what i also see as the vision for good food because i always say that food should be playful like get the playfulness back in uh, even nourishing choices exactly um, so yeah it's it's and like you said people are going spheres and just to understand a little more um do you think that usually all the produce that may be labeled as you know certified organic like you said is it safe for consumption always like are people following protocols when they're doing these certifications should consumers just not worry if it has a certified organic label or should we still that's a very tricky question uh because you know you'd have to i think understand the philosophy of behind why of that company as well um what the intention is how what their processes are so you know i can't comment on what somebody else is doing at that given point in time i'm sure if they put a logo on there there must be compliances that they're following um but and listen it is getting stricter you can't just put logos up on things that don't hold that meaning or that value um and that is kudos and i think food secure food safety is getting a lot stricter and food hygiene hopefully is continuously improving so to your question i don't know how it to answer it you know yes be completely um completely carefree because there are a, there are loopholes in in everything there is a loophole there are allowances to up till when you can spray and then if there's no residue and if your soil has no residue you can still kind of claim it to be organic and certify it and your land will pass and everything will pass which is again that being said it's better than the chemical thing right it's better than the lands and fields that are heavily sprayed so yes look for cleaner options wherever you can but maybe go into detail a detailed viewpoint on why a company does what it does and i believe that smaller companies are doing this better so i feel that um small businesses or businesses that are connected a lot more to their cause and what they're doing uh are definitely looking into these key factors a lot more and i actually anyone a big massive corporate or a small business needs to be looking at these things because now consumers are asking questions which is great so i actually think it would be i wouldn't want a consumer to stop asking questions please ask questions please make sure that what you're eating is what they're saying it is um mm. and and that's all i have to say so like even if you see some of these whistleblowers who are talking about big brands using real in their name or diet in their name 
they've showed mm. us that it's just a branding like strob real mm. flavor is just a branding and that's so interesting and i don't think you know a year ago anyone was thinking about it that much but consumers are now thinking about these things and pulling up companies to be responsible and i don't think that should stop and i think that's the only way to make sure food safety goes up and up and up yeah yeah i feel that's what where majority of the issues come in smart marketing because that's why consumers become a bit confused and unaware of what they're actually yeah. consuming um being yeah either in some way or the other made to feel that this is healthy or this is something i need to be eating every day and uh, yeah that's kind of where we as consumers need to get more curious like you said and keep you know checking keep uh, connecting with the brand and what their philosophy is yeah and yeah um what what would you advise consumers to look for when they're picking any produce so even if they're going to maybe like um a local grocery store do you have any tips on how they should be selecting their fruits and vegetables something that they should really look for uh, because of course again a lot of the produce is injected and you know made to look really good but is there an easier sort of hack right no i don't think there is a one 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 solution mm. for this um mm. i do think you you know the the questions to ask whether it's a store whether it's an online store is to see how fresh like how fresh their produce is how often they get their yeah. produce like at zama we get everything every day uh so it's really fresh we don't keep things for more than couple of days uh at the max and when i say couple of days that's because yeah. fruits last a couple of days but leafies and um herbs and stuff don't last even more than a day so we're we're very quick about rotation and uh just make sure that things aren't sitting on a shelf so what i would say is if something has come from xyz country has sat on a plane is now sitting on the grocery shelf and looking absolutely fresh ask a question right how is this how is this item possible how is this it's possible that it's looking like perfect on the shelf after so long because it's not like it comes overnight it doesn't so that's an interesting thought the other thing i would say actually beyond that it's very difficult to keep track of so many things um and we have to be practical we're we're living in a age where everyone's like like moving fast and there are so many hundred things to do and i don't think grocery shopping is what people want to spend they're they thinking about and i think they just want to get it done with so from a practical point of view the the lesser the ingredients the better so even if you know you're not picking up only organic or you know i i know i'm i'm going away from what everything that we talk about but it's not possible i get it that it's not possible for someone to eat organic 100% of the time i don't either i eat out or sometimes you know you want something immediately and you have to call for it because you want to make something so i i understand the the practicality of the situation so you can't i don't think there's a again there's no extreme way of living life so the easiest way to stock up your pantry is to make simple swaps wherever you can and to see if that can be done consistently uh the things i would look for in organic would be leafy greens um spices things that are very easily adulterated in the market like ghee uh 
so, like swap your regular salt for pink salt, swap your refined sugar for myriads of sugar options out there, natural sugar options, not artificial sweeteners. And um, do like invest in certain things like swap the ketchup, right? I think that's a very big one to swap. Um, swap out the ultra processed things. Don't keep ultra processed foods in your pantry. You know, if you're craving it outside, fine, you do it once in a while. But if you're at home and craving a snack and you don't have access to an ultra processed snack, you will choose a better option. You'll cut a fruit or you'll take carrots and dip it in hummus or however else you want to do. So I think we have to be practical about how we want to, you know, shop and stock our pantry. And the better you are at stocking your pantry, the better you are at making sure that these options are available to you when you want them to be. I think the bet the better it is for you long term. Us. Yeah, I think it is important for us to be more mindful about um, the kind of things we're keeping within our reach, and even with uh, produce you said like leafy greens, it's very important to make sure for those particular ones that it is of a higher quality. Higher quality and how fresh it is. So you know, organic and stuff is going into a lot of detail. Um, so, but how fresh is it and is it truly fresh or is it made to look fresh? And I think those are questions to ask. So some of the fruits like a banana or the hard skinned fruits, it may be okay to, you know, even if it's not the freshest, but for some of them, like uh, leafy greens, like strawberries, especially, they have so many of the, you know, the antihistamines, things that, uh, can cause other reactions, um, that it's more important to consume a fresher really good quality um yeah product over there yeah for sure um 100% i agree and i think sometimes when it comes to fruits and vegetables don't try to look for perfect looking ones and i think uh my dadi used to actually say titli kela so it used to be the ones with the black spots on it that's the one she used to buy uh, and that's something that just stuck in my head. And this is when I was like, okay, this is way before I started Zama even. Uh, she's unfortunately not been around to see what I started. But this is something that's just ingrained in my head. So I think things that it's not supposed to look perfect. It's supposed to taste really good. It's supposed to be fresh. It's not going to be the sweetest sugary sweet um, thing that you're searching for. It's going to taste like the fruit. And I think... So the, the idea of strawberries is that strawberries are a berry. Berries are tart by nature, by composition. So it has to be sweet and tart. It's not going to be like you've put icing sugar on it and you're eating a strawberry ice cream. And I think those distinctions make it make it really fun to eat and consume fruits of different varieties. And I think having going back to it, having fun with fruits, having fun with the seasons, like right now, sarso is in season, enjoy it. It, it lasts like hardly a month. It goes away. So there are so many things that come and go. And that's what I would say about fresh. But about groceries, I think uh, there you can spend some more time looking at where and what you want to buy and how you want to stock your pantry and swap for things in your pantry. You mentioned your dadi. And um, similarly, when I was much younger, um, you know, I didn't understand and I got annoyed at the fact that they didn't let me buy store-bought bread and they wanted to do everything more in-house. Um, you know, the flour was milled at home, everything was made at home. Um, and they had so much focus on like uh, eating local, eating seasonally. 
and of course now in the <laughs> recent past um, you know just the past few years i've become more aware of it and understood why we should be eating this way so why should consumers look at eating seasonal local food you know the benefits that they can get from the nutrient diversity the colors so i think one is the i think to build excitement and this is stuff that i remember growing up it used to really build excitement that now mangoes are in season and you look forward to it you actually end up eating more fruit even as a child everything is so positive like your relationship with seasons and seasonal fruit and seasonal food is so positive and i think that's great that's the best thing you can do uh for anyone in the family is that get them excited about good food about fresh food about things that are currently growing and that's one thing secondly of course if something grows in season it's meant to grow in that season which means that uh there will be people that are growing it the way it's meant to be grown uh not everywhere but yeah i think there has to be it has to be in season so anything coming too early so i know there are, there are people that started selling strawberries as early as end of october first week november that's weird it's not supposed to come that early so i think understanding that aspect also helps you choose better fresher products in season um colors on your plate of course the eat the rainbow is a phrase that i think everyone has heard of now multiple times over and it doesn't mean that you ignore the boring colors of brown and white that is also meant to be eaten but having colorful items on your plate again makes it exciting makes it appetizing makes the food look good i mean why do big fancy restaurants spend so much time plating right there's an art to eating with your eyes if something looks like just a slump of things and it looks really dirty and brown and not very well put together um you're not going to eat it well if i take the same thing and i portion it out and give you colors on your plate and everything looks really tasty and flavorful you you will eat it so that's my take on the two parts of your question i remember zama used to do the purple orange all these colored sweet potatoes and um uh, they were not very readily available otherwise so i remember during the lockdown i had so much fun playing around with uh, these colors the flavors uh, these new varieties and yeah like you said it was uh, the excitement of um having those seasonal and a little exotic things also uh, come in so even like sweet potato fries right now imagine you take the purple and orange and you make sweet potato fries it's a feast it it feels so it's one it's fun two sweet potatoes are a definite superfood it's something that you must must incorporate in your diet if you've not already and it tastes good we're not you know you're not really sitting there missing processed fries at that point you're not compromising at all yeah for sure and from the point of view of, of the farmers since you've visited so many farms and you're interacting with them firsthand what would you say are the challenges for them to be growing a uh, produce without using any chemicals or uh, pesticides because i would assume that there is a little more limitation or some constraint on the uh, the timing of the crops maybe some financial constraints so can you give us a little of that from what they experience yeah so there there are pros and cons uh, i think that i have been fortunate enough to be with a lot of people that have taught me more than you know i've learned a lot more from them about why they do what they do than me and you know figuring out if it's sustainable for them or not sustainable for them 
the cons are like you said that it's not a guarantee uh you know if something goes wrong or if they get a pest attack or if something happens they can suffer severe losses but the pros and this is what i've spent a lot of time understanding are actually quite a lot as well they don't have to spend on expensive inputs uh from outside so that is a reduced cost actually the increased cost is time when the effort that goes behind making uh, like a neem uh a neem gomutra sort of concoction that you can spray on top of something or making something for the soil you know with the herbs available to you they do make different things uh, i've seen it a lot especially with cow urine manure uh neem like i mentioned couple of different things onions garlic Th- these things are used quite a bit in different aspects of uh preserving and pest management and insecticides the natural ones so it's a lot of effort it's a lot of science is something that has to be learned or passed down or trained uh in a certain way the inputs like i mentioned they don't have to keep buying inputs and see the thing is once you spray supposing i have this plot of land and i've sprayed x amount of chemical in it the next year i'll have to spray x plus 1 to get the same output so every year i have to continuously buy more not even the same amount so inputs increase uh still if there's a natural calamity there's no guarantee for either right that i i don't think anyone can control um the yield will definitely be more when you spray but your soil quality will continue to deplete and at one point i think you'll understand that you're killing the land that is eventually feeding and this is the this is the logical feedback that i've gotten from farmers to say why they don't spray lastly it's their own health like when they spray they're inhaling um those chemicals and those fumes and i think that's that's really terrible um and and i've seen i've gone to like even non organic farms and i've seen that the farmers are growing their food completely separate from what they're selling in the market so they under, they're very smart they understand the differences they understand what it is and i think now people are willing to pay uh higher prices for better grown products there is a lot of awareness and india is far away from reaching the stage of the west or other markets that are more mature to understand the concept also disposable income and so many other factors you can't just blame it on understanding um so that's that's the i think the pros and cons uh, of what i'd seen i've just just now been fortunate enough to have only met people and worked with people that have been doing it i've not had to convince anyone india has the most number of organic growers than anywhere else in the world uh so yeah so i've not had to sit down and convince somebody stop doing this and do this i've found people that are already doing it and doing it super passionately and i've had a lot to learn it's nice to see that you know they look at it from a positive point of view the pros of it and uh, that they also have their purpose of doing this and you know what and how they want to do it yeah and it's it's tough work growing something in any way that you're growing it is really tough work when you go and you see like you know we go with caps and i go with sunscreen and i go with like a shawl it's a different life and i'm doing this from a very um 
privileged point of view but to be there to till that soil to be in the heat rain winter sun no sun they have to do it all the time and i think there is very little value given to the food that eventually ends up on our plate by most of us it's almost like great it's here but to have put that food on the table the amount of effort that takes and i've tried to grow one thing it is crazy hard one thing in a little pot just try it it's not herb and it is it is tough and i've not even you know i've tried to do lettuce ones i've tried to do mirchi and it completely failed and what am i doing i'm putting it in a pot i'm watering it every day it's just it's it's hard work so i think there has to be a lot of gratitude given eventually these are the people that are feeding us and there is not enough gratitude uh in that direction to understand what that really means it's it is a lot of work and then to do it with the intention of doing it well doing it cleanly doing it with authenticity adds another layer of respect i can't even begin to describe i think that's so beautiful uh because we need to be more mindful of uh, what is in front of us of the food that we're consuming and you know so often we talk about brands startups other scale ups um and the purpose behind these brands and entrepreneurs and um i think it's so important to realize that even these farmers through what they are doing and the fact that they want to be growing their produce this way that they have such a big purpose this is a purpose behind their business their brand and um yeah it's really nice to see that yeah for sure and what is your vision with zama for zama i know you say there's a zama way of living so what is your vision with that i'm hoping that whether someone uses whether or not you use a zama product there are ways to inculcate this zama way of life in your everyday life by making the swaps by being mindful by thinking about health as a long term goal not some body image that you want for a short because that that's that's a by product we're not saying that that's not important that will anyway come together your work you know if you're moving and if you're eating well and if you're enjoying your food and you're like relatively it it comes with feeling well and i think we underestimate how much of our mental bandwidth and stress also goes into health and i had a conversation with someone today actually talking about how stress actually reduces metabolic activity and therefore can lead you to feeling not only sluggish to of course putting on weight making you feel bad about your body image and then it's a full cycle right so there are so many aspects to it um so that's why i started talking about the zama way of life but i mean I, the vision would be to figure out if at least one zama product doesn't matter which one can reach households in a way that really touch their lives and i think even if you make that one swap even if you just swap your ketchup uh, and don't change anything else you've made a one you've made one change that is good for you and i think you get used to that and you'll start being more mindful about the other changes in your life not only food related also life related because nothing is one dimensional we we're living life in 3d like everything is 3d 4d 5d around us whatever you want to call it and i think understanding that and being aware of even the company that you keep uh 
you know, the limitations that you put in your on yourself in your own mind um, are very important. So at no point, I, do, I don't think you'll ever hear us saying like, that's bad or, you know, that's that's terrible. We don't use such words because like, what is that definition? Why aren't you focusing on what's good? What is nourishing? What is happy? Uh, what makes you feel good? And I think you see your perspective shift and one shift um, can really change and add a lot of value to life. So even something as simple as believing in something, right? Whatever that is, even a purpose adds so much value to your life. And you have to change nothing, but automatically your stress goes down, you have belief in something, you, you wholeheartedly believe in something and you live for a purpose. And I think that increases your life. And the goal is not to live to 100, but like be bedridden for 15 years, right? While you live to 100. The goal is to live a very good long life. And by that means that you're mentally present, you're physically present, you're, you're able to live. And I, it's sad that we don't give enough weightage to that. Um, there, it's sad that there are people who are saying, oh, I've been doing this my whole life, but like you're 30. You've been doing this your whole life for 30 years and nothing has happened to you, but you continue doing it. You'll feel it at 60. If you've never worked out a day in your life um, and if you sit on the couch, yeah, 30, maybe you won't feel much, but I can guarantee you, you will feel it in a couple of decades. And that will be too late to figure out now. How, like then, so that's what, what I mean, right? And I, I did this quote as well once that everything seems so important until you get sick until something goes wrong and then you're just like on complete problem solving mode you're trying to figure out how to make changes to your life you're trying to figure out how to exercise you can't go from zero to hundred and that's what people don't understand yeah food is not and health is not seen in this preventive way but it should be seen as a way to achieve your dreams and the life you want to live but if you start taking care of your choices, of your health, only when you're unwell or diagnosed with something, that's when it becomes boring and and restrictive then. And it comes from a very negative point of view because in your frame, right? It comes from a feeling of limitation. And that's... So if you're... I, I don't know if I've answered your question on vision, but there there is a difference to be made. Um, and I hope that we're the ones to at least make a little bit of I think you're already making such a difference in communities with farmers, with a range of produce and products reaching households. So yeah, definitely that's already happening. Yeah. I don't know how much we'll be able to improvise everything that's there in the kitchen already. Uh, but we're hoping that that's, that's why we say kitchen, right? Because I, we're all for home cooked food. So I don't want to replace those things. I don't want to give you packet, packeted items that you can open, heat and eat. Um, so anything that helps our current, I mean, evolve our current thought process is what we will continue adding. Or replacing. Yes, supplementing in a lot of households. And another question was that for you being an entrepreneur starting at a young age, um, a woman entrepreneur, especially in the supply chain, the sourcing field, I'm sure it's come with um, challenges. 
So do you have any advice for people, um, for young women or any entrepreneurs that are looking to start their journey, um, you know, not necessarily in this field, but just something to uh, look at or any advice for them? Yeah, I can, I can talk from things that have that have happened in very strange ways. Uh, more than the, I think, the woman part of it. I don't know if it had anything to do with it. When I was younger, it was very hard for people to take me seriously. And it's very interesting. It's not on the sourcing end. It's actually, that has been a super welcoming, warm. In fact, that has been the thing that lift me up, lift, lifted my spirits up. Because you go there and you're so young and they kind of, they're so proud about what you're doing and it makes you feel really proud about what you're doing. And that was very special. So I think there have been, there have been positives where I think they have not seen someone who is like me that has come in and tried to do this. They've seen, you know, VPs from massive MNCs being sent on contract and to negotiate, etc. This is a completely different approach. So I think that was a very positive experience that it was different for them. But I felt I don't think I felt welcomed like that in any other aspect of uh, business. The logistical part has been quite a challenge, which I still kind of cannot completely do. So speaking to, you know, truck drivers, speaking to people in the middle to organize something, something at the railway there, I think age also played a difference, uh, played a, made a, played a role where they just don't, they don't take you seriously. They think they can either take you for granted or they have asked, I've, I've been told, can I speak to the owner? Can I speak to someone senior? So that has happened, which is fine. I don't care. Uh, so much. My ego, my ego is not so fragile. I don't, as long as my work gets done, I, I understand that people have different perspectives and, you know, it's not a reflection of me. It's a reflection of their own mindset and their own perspective. So nothing that has honestly, nothing that has been completely jarring to me. And maybe that comes from a lot of like, I have a really great team. I have people who are just better than at some things than I am. And we're very okay with splitting that responsibility. And uh, yeah, I think, I just don't think you should be afraid uh, of anything. And your limitations are in your own mind and people will, there are so many people who will say things to you. I, I can't even remember, honestly. There are things that may have been said in the moment that I can't even place right now. And um there are so many bigger things to deal with when you're running a business, like receivables and people not picking up your calls. And I think all these things, other things are just something that you have to be confident um, about yourself and kind of cross that. But I think the sourcing part for me definitely made me a lot more confident. It's really warm and nice that, you know, they were welcoming, they were supportive and yeah. I got unbelievable support right like I was getting five kgs of things like I don't think it mattered at that that point that they were only sending me what is five kgs that's how much you can pick up at a supermarket um and that's that support is very uplifting and they didn't have to do it I don't know why they did it themselves but it happened that's really nice to see the support and the collaboration that's uh, gone into it so one fun question that I have for you is um, what is your favorite product from the Zama product range? Any particular product, produce, um, we would want to know. 
Have I not said it enough? Tomato ketchup. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was confused between the ketchup and the honey gulkan that you spoke about earlier. Uh, but I guess ketchup is the clear winner for you. <laughs> no, so the, the, I'll tell you why. Because tomato ketchup is used on a regular basis. And I think that's a regular swap for me. That and our pink salt as well, actually. I really like that product too. And then the seasonal fruits. But that now is not only one. It's just, it keeps changing and it's ever evolving. Everything that comes in seasonal from fruit. Amazing. And to end for our listeners, if there's one simple thing, what is the first step that, um, you know, someone looking to start their health journey can take? Um, just one really simple step that they can incorporate, they can start doing. What would you recommend? Um, yeah. Let's say start with anything. Start with one simple thing. And that's what I said before as well. It can, it can be whatever you think is in your control to switch without it completely, you know, it's it's it shouldn't be, oh my God, I'm doing this switch. It can even like, switch, switch your salt to pink salt. Stop getting refined sugar at home. It can be one thing that you switch. I can't tell you what. Um, it's not my place to tell somebody what to switch. It's, it's up to them, but switch one thing and you'll see your entire perspective change over time because you will then switch the second thing. Then you'll switch the third thing. Then you'll start thinking about so many things beyond that because naturally you start eating healthier. Then you want to think about adding other aspects to your life to make it better. Like, a, like even two, twice a week or thrice a week workouts, it, it could be anything. Um, even that it doesn't need to be okay. It doesn't need to be in your kitchen. Like you can start with a 30 minute walk. Something needs to change. Just one thing. Yeah, it's a chain. When you start with something and you actually feel better, that's when you want to go to the next step and um, keep investing in feeling better. Correct. And then there is a, it's in it's it comes from a very positive place. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was great having you on, Shia. It was um, amazing talking to you and learning more about the brand, about your story, um, the philosophy, the ethos behind Zama and the products, the sourcing and, um, you know, get, a, um, get an insight into all of this. So thank you so much for being here and for chatting with me. And um, yeah. I think it's about living life and I think there's just there's too much out there and that's all we have to focus on. I love that and I fully agree with you and uh, thank you again. Thank you. It was great talking to you too and I think we'll do a lot more of this. Thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review and share with anyone you think might enjoy these conversations. Stay tuned for more.